Hello, and welcome to the Susie episode of The Sat Line, and as always, I'm your host, Emmett Ross. And a mystery guest, who will be revealed after the music. The mystery guest for today's show is Oliver Knight, who is my friend. He joined for episode, I believe, two of the stat line. He's just coming on today's show as guest just to, you know, talk. It's nice to have another person sitting beside me when we record. Let's get started on today's show. Um, let me just tell you guys, you guys can check out Statline's website. I'll put that in the episode description. And don't forget to hit sub- the subscribe button to the stat line on whatever you're listening to right now let's get started on nfl we're gonna start with nfc north record predictions and then we're gonna head into our top five free agents nba we're gonna do some reactions and who we think will win each uh playoff series let's get started on nfl with our nfc north record predictions so i have green bay going 10 and 7 aaron Rodgers is expected to leave green bay this offseason i believe and you know they won't be as good with um without him, of course, for, you know, obvious reasons, but, you know, they still have a good team, they have, you know, Devontae Adams, a lot of other players, and, but I think that 10-7 is pretty realistic, because I don't think that they'll, they'll be that bad, but, you know, without Aaron Rodgers, they won't be as good. Oliver, who you got for Green Bay? Um, well, I got 9-8, and eight, uh, mainly for the same points that you do, uh, just, Mainly because Aaron Rodgers, uh, even if he does play a couple games, he even though like he's expected to leave, you know. And I don't think the team is just going to be the same this year. I think they're having kind of issue issues, maybe chemistry. Now that Aaron Rodgers is leaving, they have chemistry issues. And I don't think Jordan Love is like, uh, like a quality backup yet. I mean, uh, let alone a starter. You know, he might be a good third string, yeah, but I don't think he's a great backup. So, um, I feel like that would be big if Jordan Love, like, shows up this season. Wait, Jordan Love is on... Packers, yeah, he'll be starting this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, or at least when Aaron Rodgers is gone. So, yeah, they're going to miss Aaron Rodgers for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it seems like reality, too. I mean, it's a winning record, it sounds like the Packers. Yeah, they won't they won't drop off too steep, but I, I I'm not sure Jordan Love's quite ready for the NFL. He says he's into it will get ready. We'll we'll see what happens. I think ten and seven, nine and eight, that's a realistic range. We go into Detroit, which is uh they are supposed to lose every game this season. It's because they don't play the Texans. Um Detroit, I have them going three and fourteen. I don't think that they they definitely downgraded uh from Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff. You got an extra first-round pick, but an extra first-round pick doesn't get you more wins. 
I do think that it was a good trade, but this season, I don't think that, you know, this is more of just a current, they're right in the middle of a rebuild. So, 3-14. For a rebuild, that's a little below, maybe average, a record, so. Yeah. Um, for Detroit, I have 5 and 11, uh, which is probably 5 the, and 12. The, 5 and 12. Uh, that's probably the best they're going to do this season. Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of a stretch and probably the odd, the odd one out right now. Um, if everyone, if anyone else has them going five and 12, uh, whoop de doo that's a coincidence. Um, but yeah, like you said, Emmett, the first round pick is all about like potential and chance. So even if they're good now, it doesn't mean they'll strive to be better later. I mean, so it's all about chance and it's not like this season they're going to get wins because of the, uh, because of a pick that they have the following season. You know, that, that doesn't make any sense. So, I feel like this might be the best that they can do. I have hope, but it's like a good range between 0 and 17 and 5 and 12. So, that's probably yeah. the range for them. It's definitely a coincidence of anybody else has 5 and 12 because that's very opt- op- optimistic for the yeah. Lions fans. Well, I, I see, I could see probably running in the middle, probably like 4 and 13. See, I might have been a little harsh on Detroit, but, you know, who knows? Maybe that the Jared Goff coming in, new quarterback, could bring some energy. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I think 314, uh, between 314, 5 and 12, one of those three records is probably realistic. I think 4 and 13 might actually be the most fair now in hindsight. Um, neither of us are right. Uh, let's go into Minnesota. I'm going 9-8. I think that um, towards the end of the season, you know, Delvin Cook really gets going. Their offense gets firing, and their defense is often better. Um, most seasons, they end up going, like, 7-8, and um, 7-9, or, like, 8-8. But, you know, with the added game this season, I, I could definitely see them going 9-8. and eight. You know, I think that they're definitely better at the end of the season. And I think that their division is going to be a little worse this year than it normally is. Not that it's normally very good, being that being said, I think that they'll be able to, you know, pull up nine, ten-ish wins and make the playoffs this year. Oliver, what do you got from Minnesota? I have ten and seven. They finished the season strong. I feel like they had a pretty strong end of the season. Um, they had a decent record. I feel like was yeah. it winning? I think seven and nine. Yeah, but they were what? like. Five and two at the end. Yeah, season. they won a wild card and then they beat the Saints or something. Uh, but yeah, my point is they had a strong end to the season, and if they could carry it into this season with some, I feel like a, a better, like a stronger defense, they have a little bit more chemistry. Because last year there was more rookies, you know, and there's some veterans on the offense just holding them together. Like Delvin Cook stepped up and filled a huge role. Like he did amazing last year. And um, so I feel like uh, it's reality, you know, same as the Packers, 10, 10 and 7, 9 and 8. You know, that's a standard reality for them. Um, but they could shine above and beyond, like, Justin Jefferson last year. Who knew? Like, I dropped him after the first four weeks having no hope in him. Fantasy football. Yeah, fantasy football. Having no hope in him. Somebody else picked him up and almost, and almost won because uh, I was in the finals against them. They almost beat me. 
because of him because he got like 40 points. I don't know. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so I feel like since Justin Jefferson um, had a great season last year, he could carry on to this season. Uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, that's like a once in a lifetime season. You know, it's like once in, uh, you know, like every once in a while season. So um, the fact that we could see that was pretty awesome. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen again, but I still feel like he's going to have a good season. I think for Delvin Cook, it might be possible. Yeah. yeah. I remember I was in your fantasy league, right? Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was my bad league. That was my bad league. And I placed fourth in the other one, so mm-hmm. you know how I go. Um, you know how I go. <laughs> uh, so for the final team in the NFC North, we have the Bears. Um, You know, I think that this is probably the hardest team in the NFC North to predict after. Um, It's pretty close with the Bears, but, you know, they got Justin Fields. We don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be yet. Uh, so that adds a lot of difficulty. We don't know how good their defense is going to be, and we really don't know how their wide receiver situation is going to be. The only thing we really know is that their running game is going to be average. Um, I'm I have them eight and nine. I think that Justin Fields he'll be good down. Uh, he'll be good in the future, but I'm not sure how good he'll be right now. I think he might just be better to be as a backup to Andy Dalton, and that says a lot about how. A, Good, I think he might be right now for the Bears. I just hope that their defense, you know, might be better. I have them going eight and nine, and but I'm not saying that they'll be eight and nine next year. I think with Justin Fields, I think he'll be a lot better next year. Uh, you know, they'll be probably nine and seven or ten and six. He, they could take over as the best in the NFC North in the future. They've had a pretty good rebuild so far and haven't done that bad during the rebuild. So I have them going eight and nine. Oliver, where you have them at? Um. I have them at six and eleven, so we have a good range for you again. Um, it just shows how different we are in it. Yep. Anyway, uh, so I feel like Chicago will go six and eleven because rebuild mode, right? Um, you're bringing in new players and you're letting go new players. Some of the team that's still there agrees with it, and some don't, and that creates like tension. There's not a lot of chemistry when you're bringing in and out players, you know. Um, so maybe that will, uh, affect how they play. Hopefully it does not. And also, like you said, I don't feel like Justin Fields is quite like NFL starter ready. I mean, he can develop. That, that's my point. He can develop. And, um, Carson Wentz, I mean, not Carson Wentz, uh, I don't know why I had him on my mind. Uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, I feel like that would be much better. But I feel like they're still waiting for like offseason training and stuff to be over, like spring training. Uh, from to make a final decision it might be um, a decision like in the preseason like they have them I guess everyone does but they have them both play you know they'll have them both play like a half just to see how they cooperate with their players um but yeah I have them going six and eleven yeah I think that maybe the connection might have been Nick Foles yes Nick probably the connection um I think that Justin Fields will probably be the starter after week eight, probably. I think that, you know, week eight might be enough time to develop into the NFL. We'll see. But that is our NFC North record predictions. We'll go into our top five free agents right now. Um, We'll go, I think we'll go five, five, four, four, et cetera. Sure. Okay. Number five, I have Kawan Short. He's been good so far with the Panthers. Is that come for cap space reasons? I think, you know, the age 
he's about 31, 32, I think. But, you know, he, he's still been a good producer these last couple of years. Uh, he just hasn't been on, you know, that top tier that I think that three, two, and one have been these last couple of years. But, he, you know, he's been good. He's been consistent, and he only got covered for cap reasons, not for off-field issues, not for not producing. It, it's just cap issues, that's all. So my number five, Quan Short. Oliver, what's yours? Um, I got Todd Gurley. I believe he also got cut for cap issues. Oh, no, because he kept getting injured. I don't know. He just didn't get picked up, the contract. Yeah. yeah. Um, But Todd Gurley, um, I have him at number five. He's quite young, and he can still produce more than the average running back. Let's face it. I mean, would you rather start Todd Gurley or a rookie running back? I mean, Todd Gurley's been into a Super Bowl before. I mean, come on. So, um, I feel like he would be pretty good for teams such as Miami. Let's, I mean, look at that, teams such as Miami. Um, or maybe even the Patriots. Like, team that needs a running back and that can have a solid producer, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's my number five. Okay, I'll go to my number four. Brian Poole. I think that the Jets, you know, kind of have a thing where, like, they – with all the defensive backs they get, they just are suddenly, like, Madden overall goes from, like, 85 to, like, 78 mm-hmm. just because you're on the Jets. Um, He was really good with Atlanta, and I think that he'll be good with another team. I think he'll just – he still has a lot to prove. I just think that last season, you know, wasn't great for him. He, he was good last season, definitely, but I don't think he showed his true potential. I think that, you know, he might be able to – uh, you know, he's definitely cornerback number one for whatever team he's on, unless you have like a really good player and you just need a cornerback number two, cornerback. But I think that he can be a really good, he he can be an average cornerback one or a really really good cornerback number two for whatever team picks him up. So that's why I have him. I think that he'll be the second best cornerback. I think I might have said too much, um, in this free agency. Uh, Oliver, who's your number four? Um. My number four is Steve Nelson. Steven Nelson? Yeah. Steve. I think it's Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson. All right. Um, Anyway, I got Steven Nelson. Um, He's kind of like a DB, you know, um, defensive back kind of type of player. So kind of like Ryan Poole, he'd be like a good number one, number two. And he's not like up there in age. Like he can still produce. I mean, he's got 28, 29 years of age. Yeah, he's 28. 28, yeah. So he's still quite young, in fact, um, a veteran, if you know, um, but a young, yeah. Veteran. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I got Stephen Nelson. At number three, I have David Castro. He played for the Steelers. Ollie, Ollie, he's what I think he is uh, the best offensive lineman in this free agency by far, and he was able to produce literally every single season for the Steelers. And he's been good for quite a while. It's just he's getting up there in age, and the Steelers aren't in a very good cap situation right now. So I think that's why they cut him. Plus, their their offensive line is doing good. Um, I think that he'll be good for whatever team needs him, and he, I think he'll be better than – he'll definitely be a starter for whatever team gets him. If, you know, they have a better guard, don't, um, if they have a better guard than him, he can play the other one. He can really play either guard or a center. So – 
he can really do it all for whatever team signed him. So that's why I have him at number three. Oliver, who you have? I have Jarrell Casey. He formerly played for the Titans. Um, he was he was a great player. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, he's just kind of like underperforming, you know, kind of like he he's go. Oh, there it is. Um, he's getting a little bit higher up there in age, and therefore not producing the stats that like kind of expected from him. He's like thirty-two ish, and he's a D lineman. So, uh, you know, older D-linemen don't really fare well in the NFL, it seems like, uh, especially with all the new schemes and Patrick Mahomes. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's, like, quite up to one and two, but he's at three. Um, But, yeah, I felt like he's good enough. He should earn some respect there. Okay, yep. Like, that ESPN just goes off at all the wrong times. Uh, middle of your talking or middle of a podcast. Um, guys, don't forget to go. Uh, you guys can send in stuff to the Statline Podcast at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. And don't forget to check out the Statline's website. So at number two, I have Geno Atkins. I think that every season he's done pretty good for the Bengals. He's had some injury issues, and that's why I have him at number two. I think he should still do good. He's not in his prime anymore, but I still expect him to, you know, get a little over 10 sacks every season. He should he should be a good producer. I think he still will be, but I don't think that you should sign him necessarily for a three- or four-year deal, just, you know, maybe two or one, and then he might retire. But he, he's still doing good. So that's why I have him at number two. Oliver, who do you have at number two? I have Richard Sherman. Um, You know, he's 31, 32. You know, he's getting up there. He fought off. An injury last season, I don't think he quite played eight games or hardly any at all. I might be thinking of Nick Bosa, like, you know, uh, he, he barely played any games at uh, point. Yeah. So Richard Sherman, I got him just because he he's great. I mean, he's a he's a great um, defensive back. So I feel like any team that picks him up will be better off with him as a one or a two, you know, like basically, you know. Uh, whoever picks him is getting an upgrade. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, for number one, I have Richard Sherman. Basically, for all the reasons Oliver just said, but also because he's Richard Sherman. Yeah. Okay. Who's your number one, Ollie? Well, also because Richard Sherman played on the Seahawks and they had great coaching. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Actually, I, uh, I feel like it was more of the players because their defensive coordinator was Dan Quinn. Falcons didn't have a winning record under Dan Quinn, I don't think, other than that one Super Bowl year. Richard Sherman? Well, well, I think that Richard – he's Richard Sherman. Yeah. He's your number one. My number one is David DeCastro because he's like 96 overall in Madden. You know what I'm saying. You know, he's like, he's a great player. Um, he, He's an upgrade. Uh, He fits in so many schemes, and uh, he's willing to learn too, uh, even though he's getting up there in age. Um, that is all I got, Emmett. Okay. Um, well, we'll see you after the break right here on the set line.
So guys, welcome back to the stat line. We're going to start our NBA part of today's show with NBA reactions. So a lot of games happen since now and then. Remember, I was in Colorado. So we're just going to recap every game. We're going to go way back to last Tuesday. Ready? Suns, uh, game two. Suns beat the Clippers 104-103. That was DeAndre Ayton Dunk. Clearly, nobody in the Suns listens to this podcast. Because, you know, I kind of said something about DeAndre Ayton dunking. Um, they need to stop him in the post. But, you know, he ended with a dunk, uh, dunk buzzer beater. I think that the Clippers, you know, this shows that what this showed is that they can keep it close to the Suns because they lost pretty bad the previous game. That's all I have on that game. Oliver, what do you have to say about it? Um, The Clippers are a great team. Um. Uh... I don't want to say anything that will spoil what's ahead if you don't know already. Um, so I'm going to be kind of careful here. The Clippers have been keeping it close. Um, they're doing – they did a great job in this game, I feel like. It was just one unlucky play. Uh, stay in, just stay in between your man and the hoop. That's all you can do. Hands up straight, you know. As long as um, nothing bad happened there. I, I mean, I'm kind of happy with it. Even though it's a 2-0 hole – I mean, I haven't seen them get this far into the playoffs since, I don't know. I don't know. I just became their fan last year. So, I don't – I'm a Clippers fan. And um, I became their fan last year because I, I realized I didn't have a favorite NBA team. So, I just chose the Clippers because I like Paul George. Um, yeah, so, over, I feel like it was, it was a great game for them. Um, I would rather lose on a buzzer beer than a blowout. I'll just put it like that, you know? Yep. All right, the next game, Wednesday, the 23rd. Hawks beat the Bucks, uh, 116 to 113. Emmett, you go. Um, I guess this proves two things, that the Hawks can only win if they control the tempo and that the Hawks need to rely on Trey Young to win the series. That, that's really all I have. Otherwise, um, I guess that the Hawks, uh, they're able to keep it close, but they had to rely on Trey Young. In the box, um, if they just can stop Trey Young, this they can win the series. That's all this proved. They can control the tempo or Trey Young. This is a, that's uh, they can win the series. So that's all I have on this one. Oliver Hawks Bucks. What's your reaction? Um, I feel like I agree with everything that you say. Um, uh, really there because. Uh, I feel like they do really rely on Trey Young. And their next leading scorer was John Collins, and he had 23 points. And the guy after that was Clint Capella, and he had uh, – I mean, no, uh, Kevin Herter? I don't know. Uh, he had 13 points. The next guy had 13 points. So the Trey Young had 48. So you can kind of see that it's like um, – like kind of who they rely on, who kind of carries, um, you know, and who they pass the ball to. So uh, yeah, and I feel like Milwaukee Bucks, it's it's okay to go down like this. I mean, was the series at this point one zero? Uh, right now. Yeah. That's two one Bucks. No, not not right now. But, oh. Uh, uh, right in this game. Oh. This game one zero. One zero. Yeah. Yeah, it's game one. So it's only game one. Yeah. Atlanta Hawks. It's okay to lose game one like this. I feel like Milwaukee Bucks. They win games after like two and three. They win like uh, the later games in the series. 
that's kind of like how they roll, you know. So I feel like, yeah, uh, it's okay to lose like this. Um, yeah, especially game one, yeah. Yeah. All so right. we have Thursday's game. We have Suns Clippers. This was one hundred six to ninety two. This was really needed for the Clippers, I think, because they were able to hold the Suns under a hundred. Um, especially when they had um, Chris Paul back. But I think that this was just his first game back. He wasn't really used to it. He hadn't played in a little bit. I'm not saying that he was rusty or anything. Like I said, he just kind of did. Um, I mean, he had 15 points, but I, I think that the defense really stepped up, and which they just need to step up the defense in order to win. Um, that That's all I have. Uh, that's all it really proved, in my opinion. Oliver, what's your reaction to this game? Well, the Los Angeles Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, um, this is certainly a morale booster. This shows that uh, everything's possible. Uh, well, I mean, anything's possible. So this is this was a great win for the Clippers. Um, I was really proud with the way they played. Um, uh, who was uh, Paul George almost got a triple double? Yeah, uh, he was two assists away from a triple double. Um, but, yeah, I feel like this was a really great game uh, for the Clippers, a great morale booster. For Phoenix, I feel like they know they can win this series. I feel like they know, like, what they have to do to win this series if they're going to win the series, you know? So, yeah, I feel like this is uh, a Suns team that uh, doesn't get down on a loss such as this. Even though it's kind of a blowout, it's not really. It's good enough. Um, so, next game, Friday the 25th, and then you go. Okay, so we had Bucks 125 to Hawks 91, and this was kind of a wake-up call because the Hawks need to play defense. They can't rely on, uh, Trey Young too heavily. I mean, he, he did, he, he did okay. He had 15 points, but this is what happens when you rely on one player for all your points. And when you can't control the tempo of the game, they, I think that they really just needed to slow down the game. Um, even though they're a fast-placed team, they just needed to slow down, which they weren't able to do that. And the Bucks demolished them as a result. Um, can't do math now. I think by thirty. Uh, no, I don't thirty-four. Know. Thirty-four. Okay, geez, that was an epic brain fart. <laughs> KOST yeah, quote. Because you're not in school. Yep. Yeah, I've been out of school for two weeks, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brains. It's one and a half. Brains mm-hmm. coming to mush. Oh, yeah, one and a half. No, it's two. It's two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's two. Brains right. turning yeah. to mush. <laughs> See, look, mine is two. Anyway. Yeah. No. I just have to remember. Yeah, he's so smart, day. Ollie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Trey Young got hurt this game, so he only played 28 minutes, therefore only getting 15 points, which is actually pretty good. Um, But, yeah, like you said, I mean, that, that's – kind of, like, shows, like, uh, that they rely mostly on a couple of people. I mean, this was just a complete shutout. There's nothing much to say about this. I mean, Milwaukee Bucks, they just play as a team. They, they, they have great chemistry. They just play as a team. Um, and they have great morale, too, as the Hawks, I don't think, do. And that Trey Young injury stings a lot because, as you can see, they've been carried a lot by them. Um so, yeah, next game, the 26th. Okay, we have Suns, 84, Clippers, 80. Um, I think that 
Clippers should have pulled out at the end. I want the Clippers to win the series, FYI, in case you didn't know. Um, it was so close. Um, I think that, you know, the Suns just really just I, I don't know. This this was I think this says more about the Clippers than the Suns. Clippers were able to have good D, but they just weren't able to pull out and I don't know, they might just be a level below the Suns. Uh, without Kawhi Leonard, we'll see. I hope I didn't just reveal too much, or maybe I got you, or maybe you'll be surprised in the future when we do our, uh, who we have winning. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Um, Oliver, what do you have to say about this game? Um, this was a very defensive game, I'll say that. Um, nobody wants to go home. Uh, yeah, so I feel like, this shows. This says a lot about Phoenix. I feel. I feel like. Uh, I'll. I'll go with. Uh, Phoenix's side because Emmett kind of went with Clippers' side last time. I'll go with Phoenix's side. After getting kind of being by fourteen points against the Clippers, um, which you see how I emphasize that. Yeah, that's how it's done. Anyway, the Phoenix Suns after getting beat by fourteen points to come back in a very tough fought game like each team grinded it out like really i mean the rebounding was so close it was 59 rebounds for the suns and 51 for the clippers like it was very close it was a very close game so um i feel like for phoenix suns uh to come here and win that's great that, that shows a lot about the team spirit um back to you let's go bucks hawks this was 113 102 Trey Young had a good game. He had 35 points. It, he he was able to um he was able to do his part, but in the third quarter, uh he was out after the end of the third quarter because of a bruised right or I'm not sure it was an ankle. Yeah, it was sure a bruised it was right ankle. Right. Wait, my bad. That's my bad because I said he injured his ankle the game before. I just turned yeah. out he just uh, yeah sucked. And, you know, this just says that, you know, you can't rely on him. You got to rely on someone other than Trey Young. I don't know who that would be. Maybe Clint Cabela. John get Collins. some dunks. Just someone. It just can't be Trey Young. You can't win if you only rely on one player. That's all I have to say on that. And, Oliver, what do you have to say about this game? Um, I feel like uh shows how the Bucks their morale, I mean, I mean, uh, the Hawks, like, after they lose, uh, it shows that they can fight back, but I still feel like they're not quite there yet. I mean, it's they, they've had tough games throughout. I, I don't know. I feel like the Bucks are kind, are, like, a more, like, thoroughly built team. They have a lot more chemistry, I guess. They have a better bond. Um, anyway, uh, Back to Let's go to Monday's game and our final reaction. Clippers 116 to Suns 102. This was another 14-point win, and it's now 3-2 the series. I think that, you know, they were able to put up offense, which they really hadn't been able to do the last two games. Um, that, So that's good. Well, I mean, they I guess two games. They weren't able to do that last game. Their defense... um. It was just about as good. You know, Chris Ball was back. Devin Booker and Chris Ball are definitely playing better than they were the last game. And so the defense didn't dramatically improve. Just, you know, the last game where they lost. 
uh, well, I guess two games ago, Devin Booker and Chris Paul just really weren't doing that good. But, uh, you know, they're doing better now. Uh, they're doing better now. Their defense wasn't really that bad after that. So that's all I have to say on that game. Oliver, what do you got to say about that game? Um, I feel like this shows the Clippers' morale, you know, tough, very tough fought game uh, in game three. I mean, game four, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, not guessing, knowing. Uh, game four. Um, so that just kind of shows their morale, you know, their fighting spirit. Um, even with Kawhi Leonard, the superest of stars, out, uh, probably their main producer, uh, Paul George, he stepped up into that role, and he did great. I mean, that's just phenomenal. He's done great this whole series. Um, I don't think his teammates have just been letting him down. I feel like it's just the Suns are just doing better. I mean, it's just kind of the way it is. Um, so, yeah, that is, uh, that's my reaction. I think that's all we have for reactions. Let's go into our last thing. Who you got winning? So, we'll just do Suns LA, and then yeah, we'll start with that. I think that the Suns will win 4-3. to three. I think that... You know, the Clippers will win the next game. But I think that the Suns are just, you know, better. I could see a 4-2. Again, the Suns could, you know, just finish them off to t- tomorrow night. Yes, they could finish them off tomorrow night. Who knows? I think that, you know, the Suns are just a better team and that they have a better chance. But I still give LA one more game. That's all I have. Who do you have for Suns, Lakers, Clippers? Um, I have the Suns winning 4-2. to I, it's a, it's been a great series. Uh, I'll just say that these teams are pretty evenly matched. It's been fun to watch, uh, but I just feel like uh, after this devastating loss, uh, it's going to be a tough fought game tomorrow, the thirtieth. It's going to be a tough fought game, and uh, it's just whoever's going to be able to grind it out faster. And since the Suns have DeAndre Ayton, I think Zubac is out. For uh, Ivan Zubak, the big man for the Clippers is out. I feel like they m- might lose. So tomorrow. So yeah. Okay. Um. Well, Milwaukee, Atlanta. I have it four to two. I think Atlanta will win one more, just because I think they're good enough to pull out another win. But they they just can't rely on Trey Young. I can't say that enough. There's not enough time in the world to say that. There's not enough time on this podcast to say that. Then. Yeah, they can't lie on Trey Young. Yeah, that's why. But I still think that Trey Young will pull out one game. They'll be able to win. Yeah, um, I got Milwaukee Bucks winning this series four to one. Trey Young, uh, even if he does play tomorrow, he's not going to be as prime. And they can't. And they've been relying on him too much. He's carried up to this point. I think they play today. Oh uh, uh, yeah, today. So, and in two days on the thirty first, is there a thirty first this week? Maybe no, June, no, June first. June first. Yep. Yep. June first. Um, on June first, uh, it's gonna be a pretty tough hot game. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a tough hot game. But I feel like the bond in Milwaukee is just stronger. I feel like they're just gonna be able to win. Yeah. So I think that wraps up for today's show. Don't forget to tune into next uh to the next episode of the stat line. Perfectly timed. Um. Yep, see you right here on the stat line. Music for the stat line created by Forrest Heeskenfeld and yours truly. 
managed by Oscar Ross.